So I'm sitting uh, here speaking with composer Mark Yeager, who has uh, composed the scores of films like uh, the popular German family film Yoko, and he has uh, Measure coming up, which is loosely based on Shakespeare's uh, Measure for Measure. Uh, Mark is also a frequent collaborator with uh, composer Klaus Badelt and takes on many roles working on Klaus's scores. Uh, thanks so much for inviting me to the studio and, and having this chat. Of course. Glad to have you here. So to start, um, what does music mean to you personally, and what led you to film composing? And music, it was one of those things where um, I don't ever, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I remember when music made an impact in my life, but I think for me it was very much, it was there from when I was literally an infant. My mom being, she was in a choir, she was a solo singer in a choir, and um, so I, w I was always at the rehearsals, and uh, growing up it was always there. It was never a question of what role does it play in my life, it was more about um, how much of a role does it play in my life and it's just it's kind of everything to me um, and all, just like it is for the listener I just happen to be able to to kind of compose as well and play the music but it, it everything ups and downs in life it takes over pretty much takes precedence in all aspects and that's what it is and I think getting me into film composing was um, you know I'd always been starting piano I started very young I think when I was four or five and I was always a bigger fan of classical music, I must say. Um, and then growing up, I kind of realized, that, you know, I think it was when I first saw Edward Scissorhands in the theater, or maybe it was The Mission, I can't remember. It was one of those two. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, I, I heard it, and I'm like, it, for some reason, it made an impact on me. Because then I thought, oh, this is like the modern classical music, this is the cool way to do classical music. And all of a sudden, I was very interested. And then as I got older, I started realizing... The, the psychological aspects of film music, how you're telling a whole separate story and you're really guiding the emotions using this music that most people don't even know is happening, yet they're, they have tears in their eyes and something's happening yeah. because of the music. And I just felt that it has an extremely powerful, uh, you can use it as a very powerful tool. And that's kind of how I got into it, I guess. Well, that's, I mean, I agree with that completely. I mean, that's, <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you start on a project, what is initial? What is it that initially sparks uh, your inspiration? Is it the characters, the story, uh, the setting? I know it's a combination of everything, but what really grabs you first about a film when you first get on it? Um, I would, uh, honestly, I'd have to, you know, a lot of people say the story, yes, of course, but going, like you said, going deeper than that, I have to say, the to me, what's big is vulnerability of a character. You know, mm -hmm. If I can really connect with this person and I feel for them, if, if I am feeling scared or affected by this character, I just feel the proper music can come out and I feel like I can add to the story because at the end of the day, as a composer, you're you're just another you know, gear um, in, the, in the big wheel that is the film. And so if you can actually connect, I think the what comes out of you is going to be honest. And to me, it really is the the character and the either whether it's vulnerability or it's um, or it's anything. It's just if I can feel what this character is feeling and it seems real to me, um, I think that's when I really kind of connect with the film. Is it possible to write music from an objective standpoint, or do you have to be emotionally attached to something in there? Can you kind of uh, almost take on an actor's role and kind of? Uh, yeah. Blend into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I can, and I think that's part of the, the job description as a composer. You know, a mm -hmm. lot of times you don't get to do work just for stuff that you love. That would be incredible. <laughs> if you, you only accept the films that you love, and then you can make a living out of that. So, no, I think you do have to be able to write, I think, out of the blue. Just make yourself feel, put yourself in their shoes and try and pretend. It, it is a big pretend game. We're, we're big, you know, adults being little kids, but... Um, 
there's a different type of investment, I think, in the in the music and in the film, and it kind of sticks with you for the rest of your life if you are invested in the film. But you do have to do quite a bit of, and now I'm, you know, partying in and whatever, you have to write a certain type of music and pretend you're this character. Um, there is quite a bit of that, you know. And when you, t- you, know, you talk about how characters inspire you, do you try to put yourself in the personal journey of the character, or do you use your reaction to his or her journey as kind of what the music is going to be? Or is the music is the music the character's music, or is it a reaction to the character and its I journey? Think, no, that's interesting. That's a good question. Um, I think naturally, and my, the knee-jerk reaction is what I would feel. Mm-hmm. You know, my reaction to what's happening rather than what they are. And I think after a while, I kind of you paint the colors of that character and so maybe the music after several days of working on the score after you've written some themes and some cues uh, you start maybe believing that it's what the the character is really feeling is this music but I think it, your first reaction is going to be your reaction and how you would react to a situation like that mm-hmm. so you know if, 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 if there's a child in a film and the parents are getting just loses a father for example in the film um the first thing out of me is how I would feel if I were to lose my father. Right. Um, and then it starts to take on the role of the, yeah, yeah. the, the character. And uh, so you've, uh, you're here, you've been working with uh, Klaus Bedell you know, over the years, and what's, what's that been like? How has that experience affected your process and yourself as a composer? It's been a very positive, albeit difficult process, I'd uh-huh. say. Um, I think that it has... The, the, the level of quality I think that is expected of you as a composer when you work with a composer like Klaus is extremely high and it forces you to to perform at a level that you probably wouldn't wouldn't otherwise. You know, you kind of you know, if you don't have someone constantly pushing you and pushing you or pulling you or whatever it is, um, you kinda can have a tendency to settle naturally as as a human. And so it's it's very nice having um, a mentor I would say in the beginning stages and having that kind of collaboration to really pull the absolute best out of you and you think that you that's it you're done that's the best you can do he'll come in and uh, what if you change that mm. chord right there instead of just doing what you would normally do and then you all of a sudden your eyes open up to a whole different spectrum of, of, uh, of possibilities and the studio the layout and everything it's very uh it promotes a collaborative environment, yeah. and definitely Klaus promotes that, and you promote that. And what's and how important is uh, collaboration, and how essential is that to creative productivity? I I think it's huge. I um I love collaborating. Only because if you can keep an open mind throughout the collaborative or throughout the process, and you happen to collaborate, um, you can learn so much from other people. And I think that working with other people really allows you to discover different parts of yourself that you wouldn't have before. You wouldn't have tried something different or tried mm-hmm. something new. I would never have tried to play, you know, in a blues scale for something, for example, and I'm working with a guy that is primarily blues or whatever it is. Um, I think that it really, really, really does add to your arsenal, as, as if, you, if I could use that term, mm-hmm. um, if you have an open mind about it. some A lot of composers are extremely introverted and solitary, which I can be, but... I always have an open mind for collaboration. I'm completely open to it every time it happens. So, I mean, you've co-composed a lot of scores. Uh, and was it when you come to a disagreement? How does that? How do you compromise? How does the discussion go? Does it ever get heated and angry, or is it always in good fun and nature? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> and I know most people won't believe me, but I, I, it's never been 
heated and angry because I think with music, if you're if you're at this, I hate to say level, but if you're at the position where you're able to compose for film, I think music is so important to you in general, mm-hmm. music as a whole, that rarely is there a complete cut and dry right or wrong. Right. And I think if you're here because you love the music, you are already allowing other types of music into your life. And so if you know if I have an idea for a theme for a character and then Klaus comes in and oh I have this theme, rarely does it's never happened where Klaus comes in and says, Well here's my theme and that's that. Yeah. He'll hear mine, he'll listen to his and I'm like, oh that's great. I love what you did there and what kind of it almost always becomes a mesh. Oh, just a that's cool. big melding pot. If there are two varying opinions. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times it's oh it's great, it's beautiful. Try maybe try a little more variation or program it better or uh-huh. whatever it is. <laughs> um, but rarely do you go, No, I hate that because if you can just yeah. hate a piece of music you probably the wrong place right so out of the entire process from beginning to end what's your favorite part of the composing process the one that you always look forward to or the one that you just love doing it's it's the very beginning it's the i'd say the first five percent of coming up with the themes and Mm -hmm. finding the color palette and the ideas for the film and discussing with the director i think that's the most that's when you're cracking open an egg and you have no idea what's going to come out and to me that's the most fun part is especially getting into the director's head you know he's been with the film for a year year and a half mm-hmm. two years excuse me he's trying to tell a story and really kind of coming up with what will be the roadmap for the rest of the film uh, is the absolute that's the most fun part you're, you're experimenting experimenting with different instruments you're running down the street to the guitar shop and grabbing a you know a mandolin and coming back like what if we played this with mm-hmm. mallets on the back of the mandolin and whatever and yeah, that's great. And then then you go to work, I think, is yeah. when the work really starts. The fun part's in the very beginning. We're discussing and coming up with the ideas and the themes and the, all that, the color palette, as you know, we say. And then the rest is the real work. And, of course, the scoring at the end, you know, hearing your music with the orchestra. But right. that process ends up being such a hectic and fast process that it's you leave very little time to just sit back and enjoy. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful when you're there, but you're really focused on... I hope the second violin didn't mess it up. Was mm-hmm. that in time? You know, <laughs> that you don't really get to enjoy it. So for me, I'd have to say, just by a hair, I'd have to say the beginning. <laughs> and what's the most challenging part of it that you always find a challenge to get through? Just It just challenges you as an artist or as a writer. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Um, I think having to deal with, 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 the ch- with the constant changes. You know, right. very rarely do you write a cue, a two-and-a-half-minute... Uh, action scene for example and the director's like that's perfect don't change a thing that I'm, that's never happened and I think there was a term where you have to be able to give birth to a child every day and then kill it at the end of the day kind yeah. of thing or the next morning when the director writes back no I don't like it you really have to brush that off and continue like okay I thought it was perfect but okay what well, I have to try again um, which then again you end up getting a lot of music that you didn't use that you love that you can always you know go mm-hmm. back and refer to or go listen to sometime in your headphones and feel like, ah, oh, that's pretty awesome. But um, you really have to be able to let go of ego, let it just drop it. And yeah. that, that was the hardest part was, you know, because then you have to challenge yourself to be more creative every yeah. day. It's not just waiting for the creativity. It's, you, it's forced creativity, really. And uh, you've worked with a lot of directors and a lot of different varying films, especially now that you guys are doing stuff in France and yeah. and in Germany and in Europe and all that, and a lot of different directors. Uh, what do you like as in terms of a quality of the qualities of a director? What are the best qualities that really make your process more enjoyable, more creative, and just better? What what is what shines through as a director's uh, characteristics? <laughs> if, 
if I could say being easy would be one, but that, <laughs> that's you know, that's a cop out. I'd say you know, what what is that? But I think that of course, if a director, the more he understands the movie, and the more that he is happy with the state of the movie when he comes to you, mm-hmm. the easier it's going to be because you can focus on making a piece of art and 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 telling the story and doing what you're supposed to be doing. The hardest part with dealing with the director is when they've come to you. Um, not having any idea in mind what they want for the music and really looking for you to quote-unquote save the film. Right. Where they're like, oh, there's holes in the plot line, the editing isn't good, the color correction's crap, um, we don't have any more time, we have to release in four weeks, and they come to you, and they bring all of that panic and kind and of... Just dump it on you. Dump it on you, yeah. exactly. They're like, I don't know what I want, I don't know if that works. But they come to you and they're clear and they, they at least conceptually know exactly what they want they may not know musical terms and it's not even the best thing for a director to be too musical because then they yeah. become a co- composer they start telling you well no what if you went to the you know to the E flat instead uh-huh. that's not necessarily the best but more so when they really do understand what story they're trying to tell because then at least when they hear it they like it they know they like it and they know why um, so I have to say that that has been probably more prevalent in my experience working on a lot of the European films of course you know being a little more artsy they have yeah, more yeah. freedom to do that they have less I hate to say less money invested but less gigantic names with a lot of risk right. you know, in, involved so they can be a little more storytelling and I think those directors in Europe and throughout some here as well and in America true are not only directors but they're also writing the scripts and right, also, right, you know, right. they're, they're really kind of hands on the whole thing and that's great to have so what uh, what projects are you working on currently that you can talk about yeah currently um that I can talk about. There, there's a couple in the, in the line, <laughs> but you know, ink hasn't been put to paper yet. Uh-huh. One that has is um, it's it was a French comic book, and PlayStation Portable game called Landvoist. It's um, I had never really heard of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did some research on it, and then it sounded familiar. So maybe I had in a past life of some sort. But it's it's a 26. Sorry, the first season, 26 episodes, of um, an animated series. It's oh, okay. very anime looking. Uh-huh. Um, it's a French and I think Canadian or American co-production. It's going to be coming out I think within the next six months, premiering in France and throughout Europe, and then they're working on distribution for the rest of the world. And I know that um, Disney is interested in uh, distribution and a lot of other big animated oh, wow, that's really cool. distributors. So I'm about 19 or 20 episodes deep into that, which has made me completely. I'd have to say a whole new level of respect for <laughs> the television composers because, man, you, you know we're doing episodes of twenty-six episodes. There's seventeen, eighteen minutes of music per episode, and it per episode, and it's a cartoon geared for teens and kids. So there's just a lot of music. There's right. a lot of stuff going on. There's lots of variation. There's very little room for just a, a sound bed. You know, mm-hmm. I can have two minutes of a pad and just messing with the mod wheel a little bit. Um, it's actual scored. Everything is scored to the frame. So that has just been. All, I have gray hairs and I've lost a couple <laughs> inches of hair hairline because of it, because of this project. But that's right now is on the plate. And then there's several um, American films coming in the line that, um, if they do get on, will be very interesting, very fun. Well, that so. sounds exciting. I can't wait to yeah. see as they appear. Um, but I guess to wrap up, I always like to ask composers, if you could compose any film ever made with no disrespect to the original composer or the <laughs> score, which film would you choose? What playground would you love to jump in and play in? Wow. Yeah, wow. There are so many amazing films that, 
And the problem is the the reason I'm going to say these films is because I love the scores. Right. That's the whole so, point. So yeah, I, point. I I guess I'm instead of saying I would I would like to score the film, I would have loved to have written the score <laughs> for these films. And I'd have to say honestly, because it was such an early experience for me, Edward Scissorhands was beautiful. Absolutely. Um, because of the kind of fairyland aspect of it. Um, gosh, the hours. I think the score for the hours was beautiful. It just. But then again, it's Philip Glass. Right. So you never know. Was it the film? Was it Philip? Was it the fact yeah, that yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> um, God, there are so many. Schindler's List was beautiful. Can I, if I say pirates, am I going to get chastised? No, that I don't was. Think. <laughs> oh, you can't. I mean, you have to. Just that was. You felt something when you saw it. I mean, Absolutely. It was awesome. Um, but of course, you know, uh, pirates. Um, there was a film that Klaus did actually. No bias here. <laughs> called uh, The Promise that I think was the music for that was beautiful and I think given the nature of the film and the, the kind of supernatural aspect of it and the fantasy very much into that and it, the breadth and the, the depth of that music for that film would have been incredible to be able to encompass as, as a composer individually um, now you're going to turn the recorder off and I'm going to have all of a sudden I'm going to have five more <laughs> pop in my head and I'm going to text you on the way home um, well, that's happened before. I've had a composer email me. He's like, actually, this is yeah, my answer now. This. Here's the correct answer. But I'm going to have to go with my gut. With it. There's so many beautiful films. I mean, of course, you know, when you saw um, most people, and they saw Amelie for the first time. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jan Tiersen's music for that, even though a lot of it wasn't necessarily written for the film. It was, you know, taken from previous uh, albums he had done. Um, it was still, it was beautiful. And it was really fun, mm-hmm. the, the way the, the the film was done and the... Uh, the quirkiness of it was just so enjoyable. And that's one of those films you can put on. You can either get extremely invested in it every time you watch it, or you can just have it on in the background continually, and you, I just don't get sick of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to have to, my last one, I'm going to have to go with Amadeus, because yeah. that was Mozart's music. <laughs> and if you can reach that kind of level, not a film score, but uh, that's just my favorite movie growing up, so I have to go with that. Oh, those are all. That's a lot of answers. Usually, <laughs> <laughs> it's great that you gave options. A lot of composers just stick with one. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with <laughs> one's gotta be right. Oh, uh, Mark, thank you so much uh, for your time and for inviting me here and you know showing me your studio and everything. But uh, it's been great chatting, and we gotta definitely do this again sometime. Very cool. Thank you so much for coming. I appreciate it.